Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel Fuller. I would show anything. I'd show my hee-hee and my hoo-hoo oh. and my ha-ha. <laughs> Holly O'Connor. Hey, Daddy, you want to take this to the bedroom? <laughs> and Scotty the Body. I am officially not only the grill daddy, but I'm a hot grill daddy. Oh, wow. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only from Hot 101.5, Tampa Bay's new hip music. Well, hello. What a... Now this is me trying to tell a joke from a meme I saw. <laughs> what a... Gosh damn it. Hold on. Come on. You can't Wait. just come in here with a joke and ruin the whole joke. Now it's going to be Wait. not funny. What a year this week has been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally. Uh, I mean, no, but like, really. just I, yesterday, we're recording this on Friday, and... I was texting with a friend yesterday, and they're like, well, how's work been back the first week? And I was like... Wait, are we on? I was like, the first week? It's literally just the first week. I was like, no, we've been there for like two... Nope. I literally thought of that yesterday. I was like, wait, (laughs) we only just started Monday. I seriously thought we had been working for like two weeks. No, and really quick side tangent. Are Are we on the recording thing? Are we on video right now? Oh, damn it. I'm like, I have my laptop closed. I'm just not doing anything. Oh, Crapola, I forgot. I'm sorry. No, we're, we don't have to do it. No, we're not going to. We are going to do it. I got to make a reminder. <laughs> There's it's a okay. lot. There's a lot going on. It's okay. Give yourself grace. Breathe. Mm, let's <sighs> move on. Being <sighs> Can I just say real quick? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. <sighs> like in radio, when we started doing morning shows, Holly and I together back in 2008, mm. the only thing we did <laughs> was come in here and talk for four hours and then we left and that was it. Well, in Panama no, City, we did we a did, lot more. We no. did more stuff, but it, it wasn't related to the morning show. No, it was other responsibilities in the building. Yeah. But when you did your show, you did your show, and that was it. Like, there wasn't social media. No, and then I remember, I think a few months in, when we were working with Kramer, we started putting up, like, a clip of the day. And so I would have to edit the clip of the day. Audio and put edit. audio edit, and then that would go on the website. And that was it. And then I think a few months later, we started doing a best of show on Saturdays and I had to start editing that. And that was a little bit more. And then I think when we moved to Tampa the first time is when we started putting the entire show up. And then that's when Facebook started gaining traction. And then it was like every year you just add on a little bit more. (laughs) And so now literally I was thinking, you know, we've Scott and I've switched spots. So he's running the board. So I literally have two laptops in front of me, one for video, my personal one, one for work. I've got a ring light. I've got my phone for Instagram, laptop for Facebook, the station website, the station social media. It's like there's so many things in my like checklist that I go through. It takes me probably 20 minutes when I get here in the morning to just get set up. Yeah. And it's just because I was thinking, I'm like, I think I need to get here earlier because I'm, oh, I keep gosh. finding myself, like, by the time we start the show, I'm, like, rushing to get everything done. I'm oh. like, I think I need more time in the morning to get everything set up. How much earlier could you get here, though? Yeah, like, I why? just thought of, like, a behind-the-scenes. Is there behind anything the you can scenes. do the day before That's what I'm thinking. that would make it easier? I mean, I could, but I just, because our jobs are so creative, I'm just not creative in the evening. Like, every night, I literally, I this is true, I take out my personal laptop I open up the show schedule, and with every intention of my heart, I try to work on the show schedule for the next day, and I sit there with my hands on the keyboard, and I'm like, I can't think of anything. It's not until the morning is when my my mind starts to be like, ooh, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this. Mm. And so I try to do as much as I can, 
But it's just like getting this whole space set up. It's just a lot. All right, so we're not on the video today. Long story no. short. <laughs> uh, so I still anyway, to say we're not we're not on the video. We're not However, on the video. back to what you were saying. This week has felt like in it is real insane. It has been crazy, and it all kicked off. I mean, just being back from vacation, Wednesday, a day that will go down in infamy, uh, January sixth of twenty twenty one, the day that rioters and domestic terrorists. Raided the Capitol. Literally raided. Terrorized the Capitol. Our U.S. Capitol, which it hasn't been done since the war of, is it 1812, I believe? mm, uh, I remember seeing something, and I think it was like the 1860s. There was some, something that happened in the 1860s, I think. Last time the Capitol was breached. Yeah. Did you Google? uh, Last U.S. Capitol breach was by British during the war of 1812. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been that long. The Confederate flag has never made it into the Capitol until Wednesday. I just, there's going to be a lot of talk about this. Federal destruction has never happened on the Capitol since 1812. So we talked about it on the radio yesterday on Thursday because we had to. You can't not. I know. No, hold on a second. Actually, there are some radio shows that we know that chose not to. That didn't do it. Absolutely. And you know, that's that's their choice. Sometimes I wish we weren't so like honest and open about stuff. But then it eats at you the whole time. It does. But also we can't take out of, like we can't disregard their parent company's policies. Right, right. I don't know what they said to say and not say. Right. It's true. I mean, in our company is pretty much like, listen, say what you need to say, but don't be offensive and don't be derogatory. Yeah. Right. And, and have the facts. Right. And, and Which and, is always what we do, by the way. That exactly. That has been my, I mean, that is what I do for my job. Right. And so when we talk about stuff like what happened on Wednesday at the Capitol, we say, here is what happened. These are the undisputed facts. Like, here's what happened. And then we do a whole separate segment of this is how we feel about it. Right. And what was very sad and disappointing to me was we live streamed that conversation. Um, and I did it for a specific reason because normally in the past I wouldn't live stream something like that. That's kind of controversial, but I wanted people to have a space mm. to be able to give their opinions yeah. mm-hmm. on it because just by the mere fact that we're on the air, we have commercials and music and things that we have to do, we didn't have time to have a lot of discussion after the fact. No. And so that's why I wanted it to be like the conversation continues there. But I was just shocked at how many people were like, I'm so disappointed in you all. Um, I can't believe y'all are talking about politics. You have no clue what you're talking about. And I like the comment that was, just play music. I look for uplifting stuff and not this. Right. Which, by the way, like, play the music. So you're saying you don't want us to talk at all. Right. Because, like, that's not what we do, you know? I mean, like, we (laughs) share everything. Like, and this is what made me sad yesterday is that I've come on here and talked about, you know, my fiance engaged to me on the air. Proposed, yeah. Proposed to me on the air. Yeah. I talked about my grandmother being sick, my mother's brain aneurysm. I've shared the deepest personal things of my soul on this radio station. But the moment that something that affects all of us. Yeah, yeah, all of us. Yeah. You want me to not talk about that. Like, to me, I had such a hard time with that because I feel like if you listen to this podcast, yes, 
I, me, Miguel Fuller, can get heated and personal when it comes to politics. And I know that there have been people that's like, I love you, Miguel, but I can't listen because I'm conservative and it's too much. And I'm like, I understand. I'm sorry. A line was crossed, whatever. Right. And I get it. But on the air, we really try hard. And even in that conversation, um, someone called in and their first line was they went to Trump. And I was like, I don't want this to be about him. I want it to be about how we feel about what happened. About the events that about happened. the events yeah. that happened, you know, and try to keep it on that level. And the fact that, like, some people still felt like we were doing something shameful. And whenever I I see or hear someone say, I'm disappointed in you, that's one of my triggering words. I think it is for a lot of people. And I was just like, I'm sorry. Like, I bend over backwards to try to make it as unoffensive and as palatable to your ears to where you are having a great experience with this show. And when there's that much thought and uh, kid gloves with satin gloves handled with what we do, and then you still just slash and burn with the like, well, I'm never going to listen again. Well, there's a few go-tos with how to insult radio people. First is play the music. Second is I'm never listening to your station again. Third, if you're really angry, I'm going to call your advertisers. Right. Like there's just, there's these certain hot buttons that people know are meant, they're designed to hurt us, which makes me think that those people felt so hurt that they had to go to play the music, a.k.a. shut your mouth, I don't want to hear you, or uh, I'm never coming to your station again, a.k.a. I I don't even want you in my life, or the worst, I'm going to go to your advertisers, a.k.a. I'm going to make it you unable to live anymore. That's how hurt they were. And I was like, when we were talking about our feelings... You, the the listener who was so disappointed and so hurt, didn't want to have a conversation. You went immediately to, I'm going to ruin you. Right. That's where we live this day, these day and ages. Yeah. It's scary. Um, I, uh, real quick before I get to you two and like how you feel, um, I got an email that was sent to our boss. And he- to the boss? Yes. Who then sent it to me. And this was like my, like, this was the nail in the coffin for me oh, yesterday. Dear. And, like, I know Will sent it to me for, like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Was and he I, mad? No, no. Girl, no. He was just, like, just FYI in case this person tries to, like, slide up in your DMs and try to, like, get at you. Here's what was sent to me. But, like. Poor, I Sometimes I feel bad for any boss that has to get these emails. <laughs> I don't even know what's in it. I don't know. But, I'm yeah. Um, This person said. Uh, Your station has become so political, it's absolutely ridiculous. Mr. Fuller was calling Trump supporters domestic terrorists, yet when Black Lives Matter was tearing down statues and history, it was fine for him. Let me start by saying that I'm a white gay male myself and prefer to hang out with black people. Also have a lovely mixed daughter from my past. I feel like Mr. Fuller pulls in so much biased propaganda into the show, so much now that I listen to another station most days. The mere fact that I have to hear about Oprah almost every day sickens me as she is the queen of prejudice. I think that your host should stick to being, wait, I think that your host should stick to being just what they are, radio show host, not political pressure host. Oh. So I saw that yesterday, and I read it a couple times, and I try not to go for the attack. Well, 
Yeah. Well, you have to, because obviously that's meant to hurt. Right. So, uh, because that man is hurt. Mm-hmm. But you have to, like, in order to really address it, you f- you got to take some time. Right. And that's why I didn't say anything earlier to you all before the show, because it's just been sitting here, and I've ever, now and then I'll think about it, and I thought about it a lot yesterday. And to me, what just dings my soul is it, like, we consider you listening like family. That's why we call it the Miguel and Holly family. And so when we reveal and share all of this personal stuff and we have created this atmosphere between the podcast and the show and then you write something like this to my boss, which means you're hoping that I'm going to get in trouble for it, which means you're hoping that boss man Will is going to like suspend me without pay or going to yell at me. Or somehow like change the course of the show. Right. That hurts and it infuriates me because we have gone through so much to make sure that you have a great experience with this show. And the fact that after everything we've done to make that experience great for you, like the only thing that you can take away from everything that we've done everything is that Oprah is prejudiced that I try to use propaganda during the show. And by the way, I didn't say that Trump supporters are domestic nope. terrorists. I said the people who broke, who breached the Capitol are domestic terrorists. Right. There's a difference. There is a major difference. Like, the people who did Black Lives Matter movement who were peacefully protesting were not the same people who were rioting exactly. and looting this summer. Those are two different movements. We said if the you, same thing then. Right. If you want to protest the election, you want to stand up for Trump— do it. Do it. That was Do never it the, the issue. As a matter of fact, we knew already going yes. in that there were going to be protests that day. Why? Because Donald Trump said there would be. Absolutely. Do it. Do it. That's what's great about our country is that you can do that. When I first saw the footage on Wednesday of the crowds gathering and the police starting to like, starting to bring out some barriers, I in my mind, and I saw those um, uh, images online, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. It, it it was like no different to me. I was like, right. okay, this is happening because we we knew it would. Mm-hmm. I was fully prepared for that. I think everyone was, and if you weren't, you you haven't been paying attention. Right. There were absolutely going to be protests, expected protests. Mm-hmm. Right. What nobody expected was that the protesters <laughs> would end up sitting in Vice President Pence's chair. And that's a difference. That's not a protester. That is a domestic right. terrorist. The people That's who, when you cross that line. Exactly. Like, I'm sure there were lots of people who were there protesting, and then once they saw the people up front who turned into looters and rioters, they were like, oh, girl, that's too much. I'm going home. I'm getting back. But the people who did that, those are looters, and those are domestic terrorists. And so— And there's a difference, too. Like, when we say that I think— Maybe there's a difference when you would say, okay, if you broke into a CVS, does that make you a domestic terrorist or does that make you uh, guilty of trespassing, uh, destruction of private property, um, obviously looter, rioter, um, those things. But when you break into a federal building, Mm -hmm. and and then I also want to make a distinction real quick because someone uh, said this to me on Twitter 
somebody was like, that's our building. So it's not breaking and entering. Let, let me make it very clear. What? There's two types of public buildings. There is like a public building where anyone can go into it at any time. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, I can't remember the word for it. Oh my God, my mind is blank, of course. But whatever, you, we can. I could look it up and get it for you in a minute. Mm-hmm. I probably will here. Let me move my laptop. Um, but before I do that, the second type is like a restricted access public building mm. where you have to have restrictions for example, a federal building because people are working in there at levels of security that you're simply not allowed to, to go in right. at any time. Uh, so there are two types of, of po- like, yes, that building is like we the people, we get it. You can't walk up in there and ask Nancy Pelosi to show you page three of her report. Right. Like, there is a difference. Well, and that's so, a figure of speech when we is. say our house. Like, yes, it that represents all of us right. as a people. Right. But like you said, when that guy was sitting in Nancy Pelosi's desk. It was uh, Mike desk, Pence's chair. Mike, and oh, Mike and Pence's then, yeah, and Nancy yeah. Pelosi's desk and, like, rifling through her files. There's top secret confidential stuff that we're not supposed to see because you are you are possibly exposing secrets that some you could sell to people and that could expose our security. Yeah. Like, and yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say <laughs> to kind of bring it back around before I forget this, the original point was um I don't know I I don't know. I don't know if you would call the person who broke into a CVS a domestic terrorist. Versus someone who broke into the federal building, a domestic terrorist. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe they're both domestic terrorists. But you've broken into a federal building. Right. So so are they just mad because we said domestic terrorists yeah, for the people that broke yeah. in? 100%. Yes, Miguel. Yes. That's the, the That word right there is what caused you all of this heartache. Let me, I'm going to, you know, let me do some. Let Scott, what are you going to go ahead? I don't have anything. It's just, it's so crazy to me. It's so eye-opening that just how far off we all could be on, like, something that is so, in my eyes, easy to see. Like, this bad, this good. Like, it's this shouldn't be a conversation of, well, y'all did this and that. It's like, no, why can't we just, you know, look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that's effed up. We all could, we all need a line where it's like, okay. Y'all, like, if we can't get on the same page here, right? And what I'm just continuously mind blown about is, there's all like we had plenty of stuff last year that was like, I don't think it could get any worse. <laughs> and then another thing, be like, well, I didn't think it could get any worse. Then this happened. Mm-hmm. And then literally two days ago, people are breaking <laughs> the Capitol, and so it's just it's showing me that it's just wait, crap, that can happen. Right. What happens next? Right. It's not even a thought of. It can't get worse than that. It's when will it get worse than that? Because people are already willing to go to those lengths and no major action was really taken. Oh, what's next? That part is kind of freaky, but it's just it really hurts to see people that are like not even on the same page as like these actions were bad. Like and we did the same thing when it came to all the protests for Black Lives Matter. It's we like we just said it's the protest. Good. Like, right. all those mo- – great. But we also said, okay, we can't be burning stuff, and we knew those were two separate entities. Like, those were completely different things, and that's exactly what we're doing here, where it's like, yeah, if you were a protester, if you are a supporter of that, whatever, that's fine. But we should still be able to look at people breaking into the Capitol as bad. All right. 
I've looked it up. Mm. So I guess we could call the people who broke into a CVS to cause terror domestic terrorists. Mm -hmm. So that is a blanket term. And the problem with it is that we haven't defined domestic terrorism very well. Mm. Although, uh, per this definition, under the 2001 USA Patriot Act, domestic terrorism is defined as activities that, A, involve acts dangerous to human life that are a violation of the criminal laws of the U.S., B, appear to be intended to intimidate or coerce a a civilian population to influence the policy of a government by intimidation or coercion, or to affect the conduct of a government by mass destruction, assassination, or kidnapping, and occur primarily within the territorial jurisdiction of the U.S. Mm. By that definition, yes, that's what those people were doing. They were trying to upset an act of government, which was that they were certifying the election for Joe Biden. Well, and and that's what gets me about this is we have sort of brushed past that fact. Like, we've just been so upset about what happened. About the act itself. But, like, why did they do that? You know, like, let's look at the two reasons of, like, why the looters and the rioters during the summer did what they did and why the looters and the rioters did what they did this past Wednesday. The looters and the rioters for this summer, granted, half of them just wanted to, like, be bad and steal some shit and, like, cause drama and do stuff. But then some of it also, remember that video we played during the summertime from that woman that Trevor Noah talked to or he posted it on his, from the Daily Show on on his Instagram, was a woman who was like, we are just fed up. You're talking to some of these communities who, like, literally, why are they stealing shoes? Why are they going into Target and stealing all this stuff? Because they don't have any money. Why don't they have any money? Because of systemic racism. And so it was this whole thing. And right or wrong, that was the explanation for that. Right. And so I guess if we're gonna if we're gonna back up, you have to blanket it all as wrong. Right. Absolutely. You have to. And we. And oh, by the way, for the guy, like. I said it was wrong this summer. Yes, we did. Right. We could pull we, the tapes. Right. If we, want. we played the video of that lady explaining that. We were like, well, that's an interesting take, but it's it still gives, wrong. It gives context. Right. But you shouldn't break into a business because you're upset. Absolutely. And I think that has to go, and I mean, I think it goes without saying it has to go, but it goes without saying that you you are a, a human being in charge of your own personal choices and actions, and your emotions, like, you. You're going in there, unless you're somehow mentally incapacitated, which that's a whole other thing. But if you are of sound mind and body and you choose to break into a building for the purpose of uh, your own emotions and what you feel is justified and you're not going through, like, the proper channels of the court of law, whatever, that's wrong. Right. And so, yes, for the people who want to put them up side by side— because for some reason, what this has turned into is whataboutism. Right. So you're mad that they broke into the Capitol building, which is our house, but you're not mad that they broke into a Walmart? No. <laughs> Nobody should be breaking into anywhere. All of the protesting, if it had remained peaceful, would be great. Right. Right. I think it just, for, for me... What scares the F out of me is that 
is the scale. Right. Both are wrong. The protest this summer that burned down uh, a Dick's Sporting Goods here no, in Tampa. No, not the protest. The rioters. No, I'm sorry. And you're the right. looters. Yes. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I was on my uh, on a train. The looters and the rioters who burned down the Dick's in Tampa. Right. Were wrong. Right. That was wrong. The looters and the rioters who broke into the the Senate floor and stole papers and took selfies, they were wrong. But then if you pull back a little bit and look at the scale and what what it means for the big picture, mm-hmm. this is what scares me. Yeah. Like, God, that was terrible. And I hope that those people that own that dick's got some insurance. Chance. Like, so, like so, what can we do to rally around this? What can we do to make sure this doesn't happen again? The people that broke into the the literal, like, Congress, if you're looking at the overview, yeah, we hope that all those Congress people are okay. It really sucks that people died, and that is horrific. And what can we do to make sure this doesn't happen again? Same, except now you have every other country in the world, mm-hmm. some of them really would jump at the chance to destroy the United States. Yes. Are say are seeing people do this to our nation's capital and thinking, well, well that's that hard. Pretty easy. Like, what's to say that they don't start planning if they don't even already don't have them here now? Literally. Correct. And they're like, well, now we know how to get in. All we got to do is rile up some crowds like yes. this and say it's ooh, we're help protesting Trump. Meanwhile, while they're like, you know, sitting in Vice President Pence's place on the Senate floor, they're literally going through Nancy Pelosi's file cabinet trying to get top secret and missile how codes do we or know that they didn't already? How do we know that any of those people weren't some kind of a secret operative from another country, from within the country, right. that has stolen information, documents, while those other boneheads were putting on a selfie shit show in the chamber mm-hmm. because it wasn't only those people milling around. There were people that had to be shown to where Chuck Schumer's office was. What were they doing in his office? What were they doing in Nancy Pelosi's office Take besides taking selfies? Right. Like, we just don't know the magnitude. A CVS is not Congress. Right. Both are wrong. Do yes. not mistake me. Because I will come for you. Yeah, somebody will. And also, on top of that, the whole reason why the prop, like the the, the Facebook stuff that they did uh, in the 2016 election, and that I'm sure we're going to hear about from the 2020 election from Russia. Oh, meddling in the in the election. Like, oh god, what was it in the social dilemma, or was it another movie I watched? Where, oh no, it was. I think it was a video on Vox, um, the news. Uh, aggregator Vox on Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram where they did this video. That's what it was. They were explaining exactly what does it mean because we've heard the term they meddled in the election but they weren't like going and trying to like go into the ballot boxes and change it. They were literally creating um, f- like a Facebook page for shoes or whatever that would target a very specific demographic. And, and as you, if you watch The Social Dilemma, you know that's how Facebook works and they target you specifically for something because you've clicked on it before. Right. And I, I wish I had, um, I hope I'm explaining this video because it's a few, I've been a few months since I've seen it. But basically, let's say it's a Facebook page about shoes and it's targeting uh, black men between the ages of like 18 and 34. And so they're very specific about the memes they post and the videos they post. And so all of a sudden, 
a lot of guys, like some of my cousins, start liking the page and like, this is really cool. Look at these new shoes. And then all of a sudden, when the election starts coming around, they start posting videos and memes about, oh, my vote don't matter. Fuck this shit. Talking in the language of the guy, of the demographic that they created these Facebook pages around. And all they were trying to do is to sow discord yeah. in our in our uh, uh, in our country. So what could happen on Wednesday happened. Like this is what the Russians and other countries that want to see us fall. This is what they've been working on. They know they're not going to do a nuclear bomb because then we do it right back, and then and it's, it's just too decimated. Winter. Exactly. Yeah. How can you bring down a democracy? By planting those seeds, and then you have people who feel like a person that they're going for, Trump, is more important than America, and then they storm the Capitol. They won on Wednesday. Those people won on Wednesday. And so I apologize before we went on break when I said that all people that voted for Trump were stupid. I was heated, I was tired, and I I, I misspoke, and I let my emotions get the better of me. I do not believe that all Trump people or people who voted for Trump are are stupid. What I would um, what I would say to you if you are a a Trumper or I've seen uh, someone that I know in my life that says I'm a Trump conservative, mm. just be a conservative. I am not a Barack Obama liberal. I am not a Joe Biden liberal. If Barack Obama pulled what Trump has done. I would be like, all right, I'm separating myself. Yeah. I am just a liberal because my ideology is not based on one person. Mm. It is based on a feeling, on a mood, on an attitude, on an ideology, right? not on a person. And so that's what scares me are for the people that you who live next door who like my neighbor, he's a Trump supporter. And I talked to him the other day and he was like, this too much. I'm tapping out. He was like, I voted for him. But I thought that he, but he's gone too far. I'm out. And I'm like, that's fine. But for the people that stormed the Capitol, it's like you are wanting Trump to be a monarch. You mm. know, like I would never want Obama to be a monarch. I would never want Joe Biden to be a monarch or Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton or any of the liberals that I look up to. I would never want that to be the case. And so that's what I would say is I would plead with you, plead with you. Why is he doing what he's doing? We have had over 200 years of peaceful transfers of power. So why is this one person, after all of these years, saying this election was rigged, this election was rigged? But, like, Mitch McConnell still won. Marco Rubio won. Ted Cruz still won. Why is he saying this is rigged? Because he didn't win. Exactly. And that's that's why that's so hard for me to wrap my brain around. Well— and I think there's a lots of reasons, but I, I think one of them and this tweet that someone tweeted at me the day that it was all happening uh, was that don't you think that like this is what happens when you have a bunch of disenfranchised people? And it was so shocking to me because I was like. Everyone in America is now disenfranchised, it feels like. Yes. So. When the Black Lives Matter protests were happening, it was like, this is what happens when a group of disenfranchised people has had enough. Mm -hmm. Right. So now the people that stormed the Capitol are like, this is what happens when a group of disenfranchised people. And it's like, you know why? Oh, no one is listening to each other. Uh. And they will not. Now we, it's almost like we've gone too far. Yeah. 
I don't know what the answer is. I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that. But what I do know is that that group of people who the people who are like capital stormers type of people have gone so far. They've become so disenfranchised that they think that the entire set of um, how we run this country, the way that we govern this country has abandoned them and they have nothing left to lose. And that's why it's scary. And that's why they're so enamored, I think, with Donald Trump, because it's like he gave those people a voice to say, I don't feel like I've been heard, but Donald Trump hears me. Nobody hears me, but Donald Trump hears me. And it's because uh, I'm not sure why that's because. But I, I know that is one reason why they're sticking by him so much, the disenfranchisement. Mm. Because that's what that tweet was. And it was from someone that I don't follow. I've never even seen on Twitter. Right. But mm. this is what happens when a group of people feel disenfranchised. They feel like that was the only person listening. Now, for better or worse... I don't think he was listening, by the way. I think he found a very mm-hmm. unique angle and hook to play those people, and it worked oh. really well. It worked really well. Scott, I sent you a link to your Gmail. I want to play this, um, and then you can – I know you have a point to make um, before we go. Um, I know that you said we don't have a uh, – I sent it to your to your Gmail, Scott. Um we, how do we get out of this? No one really knows. Um, I think Trump is going to have to talk to his people. And he's going to hopefully... Well, allegedly, that's what happened yesterday. Girl. That was, that was literally like, what is... This is the last possible ditch effort for me to do something. Because now his inner circle... They're like, with that capital storming was too much. Yeah. Which, by the way, is what boggles my mind for the people that were like, I can't believe y'all talked about that. Or you you said this and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, girl, the people that are actually in the White House are like, this is too far. This is too much. I don't understand why some of those people aren't like, this is too much. Literally, there's no, even if Oprah, I know. who I love dearly, was like, Ooh, girl, like, let's storm the Capitol. I'd be like, I'm out. It's too late. I have to change the name of Chateau Oprah. You are so uh, far ramped up. It's like you would really have to. I, I'm not, I'm, I actually don't know. I think most most sites and sources that I look through as I'm doing, like, my daily prep, I don't, I've never seen, like, a, a concise answer on what, on what to do. Scott, what was your point you wanted to make? I don't have a point. You don't? Um, this senator, because, oh, from the original point of all of this, is they were trying to basically stop the certification of the election. Right. That's what all this was for. That's why they picked that date, because they knew it was going to be happening. Right. And and I, I believe, I could be wrong on this, mm-hmm. I believe they truly thought that if they could disrupt that, that it was, it was either a show of force and those senators that were planning on objecting those uh, to those several states mm-hmm. would feel bolstered by it right. and be like, look, all these people have our back. Let's continue to argue that these states, the election was stolen and this and this, because there is a large group of people who truly and honestly think that it was completely rigged and it was a fake election. And I'm talking about a large portion of America. Oh, yeah. And so those people thought, 
well, let's show those senators that they're doing the right thing. And in fact, it didn't do that. Most of those senators were like, yeah, you know, we're not going to we're not going to contest this anymore. Mm. So I don't know what the outcome was for those people. But I saw a video of one of the guys um, that had been there on Wednesday and he was like, you know, this wasn't Antifa. This wasn't BLM. This was us. And we're going to be back and all this stuff. And of course, now we're in such a weird living space that you don't know what is real. No, you don't. He could have been lying and there could have been other infiltrators there. He could have. There could have been other infiltrators there, and he might not have known. Or he could have been a core organizer and known that this was their plan all along, and it's not like they needed outside help. They all just decided that's what they were going to do. We Mm. knew that there was going to be something on January 6th. Right. We just never imagined that it was going to be this. And it just scares me because what does it mean next? Exactly. If anybody thinks that Inauguration Day is going to be a little smooth walk in the park. Oh, geez. I didn't even think about that. Really? Like, because January 20th, about to be an absolute. You know, but that's the sad thing. Like, that's legit scary. Like, that's legit scary to think, like, am I going to watch something on the TV that's going to, like, literally be in history books for the rest of time? Girl, I I think this was either a text or a meme, but someone said they better put uh, Joe and Kamala on Zoom and give them a docu-sign because we do not need them out in the public with a bunch of people. Oh, gosh, that is just, that's um, just sad. All right. Just because I don't want to end on such a sad note, um, this was actually a Republican senator, Ben Sass from Nebraska. Um, once the senators got back into uh, the, the chamber. At like 8 o'clock that night? Mm-hmm, and started to continue with the certification, he delivered a speech that I think, hopefully this is the right one, um, that I think will give some inspiration of where we could go. Mr. President, thank you. And Mr. Vice President, let me just say before I begin, um, thank you for the way you have fulfilled your constitutional duties and your oath of office today. It obviously hasn't been easy. Um, Colleagues, today has been ugly. And um, when I came to the floor this morning, I planned to talk about uh, the lesson of 1801, because I'm kind of a history nerd. And I wanted to celebrate the glories of the peaceful transition of power across our nation's history. Feels a little naive now to talk about ways that American civics might be something that could unite us and bring us back together. 1801 blew everybody's mind all over the world, by the way. Uh, John Adams loses to Thomas Jefferson, and uh, Adams willingly leaves the executive mansion and moves back to Massachusetts, and Jefferson peacefully assumes power. And people all over Europe said, Those must be, that must be fake news. Those must be bad reports. There's no way any executive would ever willingly lay down power. And yet Adams, in defeat, did something glorious to give all of us a gift. I wanted to celebrate that. And it feels a little bit harder now. This building has been desecrated. Blood has been spilled in the hallways. Um, I was with octogenarian members of this chamber that needed to have uh, troops and police stabilize them to get down the stairs at a time when a lot of our staffs were panicked and under their desks and not knowing what was going to happen to them. It was ugly today. But you know what? It turns out that when something's ugly, talking about beauty isn't just permissible. Talking about beauty is obligatory in a time like that. Why? Why would we talk about beauty after the ugliness of today? Because our kids need to know that this isn't what America is. 
What happened today isn't what America is. They've been given a glorious inheritance. This is the 59th presidential election. If the vice president wasn't the chair and if the president pro chem was, I'd have made some joke that Chuck Grassley has voted in two-thirds of those 59 presidential elections. <laughs> he's, he's laughing. Uh, it's not as good as d hit deer, deer dead, but it's still got a Grassley laugh. Um, I don't think we want to tell the Americans that come after us that this republic is broken, that this is just a banana republic, that our institutions can't be trusted. I don't think we want that. We don't want that in this body. We don't want that in our hometowns. I don't think we want to tell our kids that America's best days are behind us, because it's not true. That's not who we are. America isn't Hatfields and McCoys, blood feud forever. America's a union. There's a lot that's broken in this country, but not anything that's so big that the American people can't rebuild it, that freedom and community and entrepreneurial effort and that neighborhoods can't rebuild. Nothing that's broken is so big that we can't fix it. Generations of our forefathers and our foremothers, probably not a word, our ancestors, have spilled blood to defend the glories of this republic. Why would they do that? Because America is the most exceptional nation in the history of the world and because the Constitution is the greatest political document that's ever been written. Most governments in the past have said, might makes right. And we saw some of that Thuligan nuttery today. Might makes right. No, it doesn't. God gives us rights by nature, and government is just our shared project to secure those rights. America has always been about what we choose to do together, the way we reaffirm our constitutional system, where we've got some governmental tasks, and we all in this body could do better at those governmental tasks, but the heart of America is not government. The center of America is not Washington, D.C. The center of America is the neighborhoods where 330 million Americans are raising their kids and trying to put food on the table and trying to love their neighbor. That's the center of America. We're not supposed to be the most important people in America. We're supposed to be servant leaders who try to maintain a framework for ordered liberty so that there's a structure that back home where they live, they can get from the silver frame of structure and order to the golden apple at the center, as Washington would have said it, which is the things that they build together. The places where they coach Little League, the places where they invite people to synagogue or church. Sometimes the big things we do to together are governmental, like kicking Hitler's ass or like going to the moon. Sometimes there is governmental stuff, but the heart of America is about places where moms and dads are raising kids, and we're supposed to serve them by maintaining order and by rejecting violence. You can't do big things like that if you hate your neighbors. You can't do big things together as Americans if you think other Americans are the enemy. Look, there's a lot of uncertainty about the future. I get it. There's a lot that does need to be rebuilt. But if you're angry, I want to beg you, don't let the screamers who monetize hate have the final word. Don't let nihilists become your drug dealers. There are some who want to burn it all down. We met some of them today, but they aren't going to win. Don't let them be your prophets. Instead, organize, persuade, but most importantly, love your neighbor. Visit the widower down the street who's lonely, no one tell anybody that his wife died and he doesn't have a lot of friends. Shovel somebody's neighbor. Shovel somebody's driveway. You can't hate somebody who just shoveled your driveway. The heart of life is about community and neighborhood, and we're supposed to be servant leaders. The constitutional system is still the greatest order for any government ever, and it's our job to steward it and protect it 
Let's remember that today when we vote. Thoughts? I think overall it was a really good message. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he said this isn't who we are, and when I keep hearing this isn't who we are, isn't it? No. I think that when you are mad, that is a part of who you are, but that's not who you are. Mm. I think that we all have the capacity. Three podcasts ago when I said all Donald Trump voters are stupid— That's not Miguel Fuller. That was Miguel Fuller tired, upset, angry, and frustrated. And then once I took a second to think about it, and then someone in the Miguel and Holly fam said, I'm a Trump supporter, and you just called me dumb? That was when I was like, okay, I'm being dumb because I'm literally generalizing 70 million people. That was dumb on my part. And so that's why I like what he said is, we keep thinking in the macro. We need to think in the micro. Mm-hmm. So I, when, I agree with that. Right. And I loved the ending. Right. And so that's why I feel like we've got to get, and that's what I think Joe Biden is trying to do. It's not, let us listen, there's not one person on this earth, on this country, is going to come on and say, here's how we get better. It is going to be little tiny yeah, things little like steps. literally the neighbor that just took down their Trump flag. And this whole time you've been like, fuck you, fuck you. You're a Trump supporter. Like maybe go over and say, OK, why did you want to vote for him? Are you OK? Because when Hillary Clinton lost, I was not OK. Mm. But no one from the Trump world that I know asked me if I was OK. And so hopefully if we show some kindness and be like, are you OK? But listen, they're going to be the assholes that storm the Capitol that'll be like, get away from me, you stupid liberal. Well, they're always going to be those people. That's what I feel like. I I feel so like. I just felt so hopeless yesterday. Absolutely. I think we all did. But I think if we start. With any time that you start a challenge or diet or anything you don't or a goal. You don't look at the whole big goal. That's what they tell you in finance or in weight loss. Mm -hmm. Don't look at, I want to lose 50 pounds. I want to lose one pound this week. I want to not drink soda today. So I look at it like that. That's what I took away from that speech when I heard it yesterday is. Like the little thing. The little thing. So like literally my neighbor who is a Mm -hmm. Trump supporter, I'm going to be like, okay, let's, let's, let's chat. Let's talk. Mm -hmm. Let's find some common ground because like. He gave me some uh, CBD gummies when my knee was bad. So he's not a bad guy because he voted for him. But in my mind, when I first found out he was a Trump supporter, my mind went there. And I was yeah. like, oh, I don't know if I can Well, talk I think that's him. the first step in all of this is like, let's both sides. We can't look at each other and say, like, I hate you because you voted for them. Right. Like that for me, that's the first step in all of this is understanding that it's like I have to start putting a judgment on someone before I even get to know them based off of their ideologies for politics because right. I never even really like I cared about politics but I've grew up in a world where it's like I just split down the line one side of the family felt that way one side of the family like family felt the other I don't want to look at people on one side of the family or the other and be like well I already have this feeling about you instead it's like okay let me come at it as that little step and be like you know what once that thought comes in let me correct that thought because it's not them 
It's something else. Right. Let me go ahead and fix that first. And then let me have that conversation with them. If you want to talk politics, I don't even think you have to. It's like, let me just go ahead and just treat you as a human. And that needs to come from both sides. We right. need to look at each other again as if we're the same people because we are. In reality, we're all Americans. And it just happens to be these two little areas that you vote in. But I do think that there are some fundamental differences that, you know, I would not be able to get over. You know, like yeah. if you said I voted for this conservative because they don't like gays. Well, that's a non-starter for me. Yeah. But you're always going to have those people that it's yeah. just yeah. you're not going to agree on those things. Right. But I do think in order for us to start to heal and to start the process— so maybe, you know, when we're older and we can look back at this time where it's always going to be contentious. I mean, yeah. even back, you know, when George Washington or after him, John Quincy Adams and all those presidents, it like I listened to this podcast and they were like, you think it was contentious now? Oh, it's always been. Girl, it's always been. They they literally. Why do you think they shot Hamilton? Right. <laughs> like, he was a rabble Seriously. Like literally there are headlines from back in the day where it was like, this was the most scandalous presidential campaign brand ever. It will always be that way. Mm -hmm. But I think we have to remember that just because someone voted for a person outside of the crazies on both sides. That's, yeah, exactly. They're just Americans, too. It's a large group in the middle. It is. And I just feel like they're I felt so dejected yesterday. I'm like, there's no getting over this. Right. There's just not. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Because you know what? We'll have a time where we'll come together again. Everything will be great. And then in 15 years, we'll get another Donald Trump on the liberal side or the conservative side. And then we'll be like, oh, God, take us back to the day when Donald Trump was the president. You know, it, it sucks. It, 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 it's always going to be that way. But we just have to find the way to remember that those are other human beings on the other side. Mm -hmm. Not easy. Mm -hmm. Not easy. Small steps. Very baby small steps. Scott, what's your social media? At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. Holly? Radio Holly on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Miguel Fuller on everything. And make sure if you want a Miguel and Holly stuka or window clean, you can always uh, send me an email, miguel at hot1015tampabay.com. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Spotify, the Hot 1015 app, or at hot1015tampabay.com. Catch, 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 catch up with the previous episodes of the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast from Hot 101.5. Just hit up the Hot 101.5 app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Search Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Uncensored.